is about waiting. It's, it's a, a patient waiting for the revelation of the Christ, the incarnation. But I kind of felt like that, I sensed that for River Church, that we've been waiting, we've been waiting, we've been waiting, and God has something for us that he's going to bring to us. I, I believe in the first quarter of the year, I don't know, I, I just, I feel like it's sooner, sooner than we think. So once again, thank you to Lake Forest Church for amazing facility here. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about gratitude, and we're going to get together in little circles. So introverts, prepare for your exit now. Just run. We'll, we will be fine with that. <coughs> yeah, that's fine. But, you know, being thankful isn't just a response to the good things that happen in life. We know this, right? But it's a reorienting of our mindset. We have to reframe our minds so we can gracefully endure difficult things. And grumbling and complaining are, you know, the status quo of our culture. I mean, you can get into a grumbling, complaining session with a neighbor like that. I mean, no problem. First thing, huh, how's the weather? This happened, that happened, and then it's like, boom. And I think, I think grumbling and complaining is cathartic, and that's okay. I think sometimes we bear one another's burdens that way. You know, I have a good friend in Jason that I complain to, Sarah, has the right to complain to me, but I mean, too much of it, you don't want to be around that all the time. And it also, I believe, cuts us off from compassion, that we literally are cutting ourselves off from, from compassion. So the Bible shares this statement with us, that we are to give thanks in all circumstances. I and mean, have you ever really considered that? Give thanks in all circumstances? How is that even possible? I know there's been things that have happened to me that, yeah, of course I'm not thankful for them. And here, here's, here's why we understand that with the framework that we have around Jesus being perfect theology. We have to remember God did not cause, steal, kill, and destroy. He did not let it pass through his hands to teach you some divine lesson. And yet we are presented with opportunities and moments of steal, kill, and destroy in our lives. The whole gamut you know, is run by the most severe trauma to even the just little inconveniences. We, we have reasons to complain, but the Bible invites us into this mindset that we can give thanks in all circumstances. In all, not for all. That's, that's I believe, the, the key part of that verse. That in all of it, we could say, I'm thankful. And here's the main reason I think we can say we're thankful. Well, first of all, I want to read this from the prophet Habakkuk. He said this, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields are empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Randall Worley says, gratitude is not an involuntary response. Gratitude requires living with intentionality. I, the, the older I get, and, and I'm 55 now, the more I realize that I have a choice in how I can respond to a situation. And although I think it's horrible, I don't want to go through it, it's inconvenient, whatever it may be that stirs up that reaction in me, and, and it's, it's a right reaction, because we should be, we should have a, a kind of a stand against a, a, a reaction when it comes to steal, kill, and destroy, shouldn't we? And yet, 
The kingdom of God is just so upside down. It's so backwards because it says, hey, this is the time that you're going to rejoice. Rejoice in all things. And, and I, I've seen people try to fake it. Like, you know, oh, how are you? Blessed and highly favored. You know, and that's cool. That's great. I love that. Please don't stop with the confession of faith. But when you dig into the reality of you're not alone, you're with me in this, and I'm going to walk through this, and on the other side, I will know more about your love. I will know more about your faithfulness. I will be able to accurately describe an experience I had with God's salvation, the resurrection life, with experiencing deliverance, whatever it may be, to be able to now encourage and empower others. Philippians 2.14 says it super simply, do everything without grumbling and complaining. I believe complaining cuts off compassion. The reason we are not to, and look, trust me, I'm, I'm okay with hearing the tragedies and the harms and the complaints. Don't, don't, don't be that person that just says, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna listen to that. Go ahead. It's bearing one another's burdens. But at some point, you have to help people transition, including ourselves, to some place of gratitude. I was watching a video today um, that scientifically, gratitude literally lubricates your brain in such a way that it makes it more pliable to be able to rewire your thinking. I mean, literally, gratitude makes you smarter. And it, it, it just, it struck me today, like, okay, well then, I can choose to be thankful for something, for something in the midst of this difficult time, I can choose to be thankful. How does complaining cut off compassion? Let's look at Psalm 106, 25. It says, they grumbled and found fault with everything, <laughs> And did what? Closed their hearts to your voice. You see the connection there? It's like, it's like there's a, a valve, and grumbling and complaining just kind of shuts off that, that clear clarity that we can have with the voice of God when we need it the most. And so how are you going to find a way of navigating things with a grateful heart? Well, Psalm 100 says, you could pass through his open gates with the password of praise. To me, this is where the sacrifice of praise comes in. That in the middle of this, I'm going to shout a hallelujah. I'm going to fight my battle in this way by saying, you know what? Nevertheless, I will praise the Lord. I can list all the things that went wrong like the prophet did in Habakkuk. You know, the bank account's low. The car needs repairs. Student loans are through the roof. I can go on. Yet, I will rejoice in God, my Savior. I will find something to be grateful for. And sometimes it's just the birds that are singing on my walk with Milo. And I'm walking around the pond, and I'm intentionally noticing that, like, man, this bird doesn't have a care in the world. And he's singing a beautiful song to the creator of the universe and to me at this very moment. I can be thankful for that. I can begin to shift into gratitude as a result of that. But this verse goes on, and it says, come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him, and affectionately bless his beautiful name. I think another way that we eradicate this dangerous disease of grumbling and complaining and not being able to be thankful and grateful is that we have to shift from selfishness to service. 
you, you have to find a way to serve in your life. And I'm not, this isn't the part where I invite you to do the children's ministry or serve the coffee. We're, we're not needing a ton of help right now. But you know who needs help? The people that you see in your everyday life that need help. And what are you going to do about it? I believe that when we shift our mindset to a grateful mindset, we lose sight of ourselves long enough to where we can see the needs of others. I don't, I, you don't have to try and meet every single need that you see, but you know when the nudge of compassion comes up in you, when you're grateful and that nudge of compassion and you're able to help somebody, help meet a need, I mean, simple things. Like in our neighborhood, my neighbor needed me to drive him to his chemotherapy. You know, another neighbor needed help moving something. They just call real quick. Hey, can you help me? I got something heavy. Heck yeah, I'm, I'll be there in just a minute. And they do the same for me. And I, and I know that... I know that you would do the same for all the people in your life, but when you have a reaction that is not grateful or thankful, you get blinded to those things. You get irritated by those things when there are opportunities to shift from selfishness to service. We've got to blow up the whole what can you do for me attitude and have an how can I help attitude. Galatians 6, 1 to 3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. In this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Amen. That's what you want to hear when you come to church right there, isn't it? Now, I would also say that you're so important to the kingdom of God, and to Jesus, that he needs you to help serve and co-create in his kingdom to bring people to a greater revelation of what Jesus is like. And sometimes the only Jesus they're gonna see is you. You're the one with skin on in their life that can step in and help. We can't, we can't navigate this without the kind of compassion necessary and complaining just cuts off that compassion. Uh, shifting from selfishness to service cuts, uh, delivers us from that. Galatians 5 tells us, you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And by doing this, here's what we're doing. We're getting on team Jesus. Give me a hashtag. Say, I am on hashtag team Jesus. We're called to become more like him. This is the journey that all of us are on. Romans tells us that, that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his dear son. Talk about an amazing prophecy about you. You're becoming more like Jesus. And I, I, would, I would say I could take a poll in here, and we probably don't have to go too far back, but let's go back farther just in case. Who were you 20 years ago? Come on, I hear the groans. You don't want to know 20 years ago, Derek. 30 years ago. Five weeks ago. Is there a progression in our life of becoming more and more like Jesus? See, transformation is the truth about the gospel. The gospel is a big lie unless there is transformation taking place. And I just feel like the real gospel is renewing. It's being rejuvenated. The true gospel that says, hey, grace, grace did it all. You, you don't have to try and earn this. You don't have to try and fix yourself. 
allow me to help you navigate this journey. Yeah, we're on the road to Emmaus right now. I, 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 you're blinded to who I really am, but your eyes are going to be opened. Your heart's going to burn. You're going to discover more and more of what Jesus is truly like. And as you do, you are becoming more like him. God's mercy is new every morning, the Bible tells us. It's everlasting and new. What, what, can you just think about that for a second? What does everlasting mercy look like? I'll just throw that grenade out there, and you can think about that one for a really long time. But it means everlasting, and that God will be merciful. And it says it's new every morning, and I believe what our role is in this is that the grace that we have received, we can extend to others, and it looks like mercy in their lives. It looks like the kind of help that they need. It looks like someone being kind and merciful and gentle to them. When we do that, man, and what a great opportunity we've just had in Thanksgiving. I know probably we have a whole myriad of Thanksgiving experiences, uh, but ours was wonderful and delightful. And it's so good when you can come together and just share the kindness and love of a family. Well, that's what, that's what this whole thing is about. It's about family. This is, this is what God is desiring, family. He says, no, O people, the Lord has told you what is good and what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. You know, um, the enemy seeks revenge, but God seeks mercy and restoration. And when we are on Team Jesus, we've always got to be looking for mercy. We've got to be looking for restoration. How can I help restore this situation? And many times, it's our own lives that need restoring, isn't it? But I found that when we take that step of faith and start navigating that with someone else, man, somehow things work out in a way that I could never have planned. It's Matthew 6, 33. If we, if we seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing and being right and walking humbly and loving mercy, all these other things will be taken care of. All those other things that you know you need, that God knows you need, will work out. And Sarah's dad had, I think he had the best disposition I've ever met of any, any man that's been in my life of, it'll just work out. It's all going to be okay. And it's so comforting. I don't know how he knew that. And maybe he, maybe he didn't know that. But that was the attitude that he had. And it was, it was always grateful, always thankful. That verse in Micah 6, 8, I want to read it in the message translation. Then we're going to circle up. And I want you guys to each share a story of something that you're grateful for something that you're hoping for, what are you grateful for, what are you hoping for, and then if you're needing it and struggling, maybe what if there's, if there's something that's hurting right now, we want to pray with you, we want to circle up and pray with you, we want to help you navigate, whatever that is, so something that you're thankful, grateful for, something that you're hopeful for, and then if you're hurting in any way, some area of your life, just let's circle around and pray for one another. That verse in the message says this. I love it. This is one of my favorites in the message uh, of becoming more like Jesus. He's already made it plain how to live and what to do. What God is looking for in men and women, it's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously, which means take love seriously. One more quote, and we're going to circle up. 
Henry Nouwen says, the discipline of gratitude is the explicit effort to acknowledge that all I am and have is given to me as a gift of love, a gift to be celebrated with joy. Um, I think life on this planet is a gift. And you only have one life on this planet. And I think we can make it even better than we could have ever hoped, ever dreamed, when we step into this attitude of reframing everything with a thankful mindset, no matter what. <laughs>